Bar Media. You are listening to an episode of The Local, a show about all things local, hosted by Charlene Comerford and Justin April. Oh, say, can't stand up! Stand up! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 99. Philip Jordan is here. Hey, Philip. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. What's going on? I've been looking looking forward to this. Thanks for coming. Yes. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) He is uh, the host of the Football Report. So it's podcast against podcast here tonight. I think it's it's more collaborative than versus. Um, Everything's versus. I don't know, man. That I'm sounds kidding. like risky. I'm kidding. Business. I'm kidding. This I'm, dude knows. I'm making it sound like we're going to have like play trivial pursuit. Yeah. This is actually an arm wrestling competition that's not sanctioned by any governing entity. We're just <laughs> out here. It's like fight club for podcasts, basically. That's we're how we do things. Episode, how many episodes have you done? Right now on the football report, I'm at episode 17. Uh, the previous show I did before that, the sideline review, I got to, I believe, 112. That's awesome. Um, I've had some other shows. There, uh, my original podcast was Sports Talk with Philip Jordan before I decided to go completely football. I want to say it got to 60 or 70. And I had another show I used to do. Was I had a co-host. That was the only one I had a co-host. It was the Jordan Rich podcast, which was just everything. Right. Um, mainly football, but we jump in everything. Uh, we got to... 30 or 40. So I've probably done, I've done over 250 overall at podcast. How episode. long have you been doing podcasts for? I started late 2015 with the Jordan Rich podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, that went away. Uh, my, one of my friends, Travis Rich, he was a part of it. He worked, took him away where he couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. then that's when I completely went solo uh, temporarily with the uh, sideline review. Local people know mm-hmm. Jeremy Rains yeah. was for half a year of my co-host there. Um, and then, I went back to being solo, you know, because of scheduling stuff right. like that. Once again, I believe so. Mainly been solo with it, but on occasion I've had had co-hosts with me as well too. How do you feel about having a co-host? It's for me. Uh, <laughs> it's been bad luck for me a little bit. Uh, yeah. Jeremy was a great co-host. You know, we had a lot of fun banter. I mean, I think sometimes we got just away from sports and just start talking about, you know, just joking. That's exactly what we do, like every week. Yeah. <laughs> We start on topic and then we go tragically yeah. way it's off topic. Very meandering. Those tangents sure. can uh, are very easy to get to when you actually I think the tangents are more fun than the actual topic that you're talking about. Yeah, like I don't like topics come and go. Like they're all just very brief. Mm-hmm. Like even in just the span of time. And so the the I don't know the dynamic that you can develop with a co-host. Like people buy into that and they're like, I want to see what these idiots are talking about this week and because. <laughs> Anybody knows with either one of us, like the sky is the limit. Like I will talk <laughs> mm-hmm. about anything with just about anybody, and depending on my mood, I'll argue with you for whatever reason. Not because I necessarily disagree with you, but just to see like how firm are you in that belief? Like, right. Let's, let's like you'll play a, a solid devil's advocate. Oh, absolutely. Just because yeah. I'm constant antagonist. Yeah. Uh, just I'm get just a trying reaction. to make sure everybody's checking their facts at the door. Well, there's nothing wor- worse than arguing with someone who really doesn't know what they're talking about. Dude, it's so frustrating. Just say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just watch ESPN first take and you'll see that every single time. Two I people believe. arguing with each other don't know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. Side note, the ESPN thing, I'm not really ever listening to it because I have no idea what they're talking about, but it seems like sportscasters to me are brilliant about talking about absolutely nothing 
Like, if you're listening to a football game or a baseball game, there's so much, like, in between just banter See, about same- socks, you know, what, I mean, they can literally talk about anything. Baseball is probably the sport that's most guilty about that. Because well, it's a long, it's slow. Dude, that's a long game. Football has, I think, used to have that, but it's slowly going away because a major reason, because now teams don't huddle in college, yeah. and it's getting that way in the NFL. Uh, they do it they, in high school, too. So since they don't huddle Why anymore. Why aren't they huddling? I didn't going, know about this. They're going no huddle. It's a faster pace. They're getting to play, signaling to them from the coaches already, go, 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 because the, you wear out the defense that way. Yeah. The defense gets tired. They don't get a break. It's, it's easier for you to score and get up more yardage. So Saban's now, been doing that for years. That hurry-up offense, mm-hmm. he ain't messing around. So, really? I've yeah. never even noticed that. Yeah. So now the play-by-play guy, who you know, he paints the story. Then the analyst, he has to be quick now. He has to break down what happened really quick. And it's actually a tougher thing with radio because as the play-by-play guy, you have to tell the audience. Exactly you what's happening. Because yeah. they can't see it. Right. So you have to really paint that picture. And then after that, the analyst, he has to be quick. What happened? What, because if he takes too long, the next play has already started. Right. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. It's crazy. Like, the I never really of, thought about that. But, yeah, you got one person painting a picture and the other buddy, other person commenting on yeah. the picture while the picture's being painted, you know? I mean, like, Vern Lundquist was... <laughs> Uncle Vern. That dude, I mean, that dude made his career of, like, being able to do that effectively. That's, I mean, Is that a radio announcer? He was... I'm probably I mean, the worst co-host for this particular show because I've... N- I don't listen to sports radio at all. I can't really throw in. I listen to NPR sport. like crazy, but like, if it's not, I don't know. Like, I'm. I, I have love to be the there. sound of sports radio. Yeah. I'm not necessarily tuned into what anybody's actually saying, but the way that it sounds, it sounds amazing. So I'm that person that actually likes to listen to an Auburn or Alabama game in the in the radio. Like, I like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, rather it. than I like the it. way that it sounds. Kind of, almost. I like almost get more excited about it when it's on the radio. Maybe because I'm watching it for myself. That's why I think radio is going to make a comeback. Uh, I've been saying that. that for years. You're going to get a bunch of hipsters sitting around there like, man, you remember the good old days of radio where you everybody just invested in their okay, whatever DJ? That is nuts. And the reason why is there's uh, no reason anymore to have they're, a tower. Because they're going to deregulate. You don't need a tower, though. It's silly. You have this. This is an international radio station. Yeah. I don't have to go by FCC regulations. Mm-hmm. I don't no, have to have a license. I, I don't have to have insurance. I don't have to have, like... Dude, there are... I don't even have to pay your co-hosts. There are weed... Like, there's there's marijuana cooking shows on Netflix. You don't think they're going to have to deregulize or whatever? Like, the FCC oh, is not going to exist. I think... I, I, in the next like 20 years probably that worries me in, in the podcast medium that does Dude, there's what? lunatic podcasts all over the place honestly what what does worry that you? eventually somehow somewhere they're going to try to regulate it. I don't think they can no you can't it'll be tough I just you know that's just a fear in the back of my mind because there's so many great podcasters out there that are great because they can speak their mind yeah. right well I see this is what happened to radio in the day it got squashed down by companies like cumulus and um 
I hate them so much I forgot their name. But they ruined radio because they started thinking that the jock was not the priority anymore, that the commercials were the priority or the music was a priority. So they took all the individualism out of it. They took the creativity out of it. They took the voice out of it. They yeah. took everything. They stripped it down. And so that's the garbage that's on the radio now. Now it's all Ariana you know? Grande and like well, all the garbage. Well, it's, you know, the top 20 songs rotating over and over and over again according to somebody's opinion. Yeah. You know, somebody somewhere's that's opinion. That's barely of in the business. Right. <clears throat> um, and so podcasts have has uh this has given those old jocks a place to go or it's given people can talk again like people mm-hmm. can be creative and talk yeah. as long as they want about whatever they want and honestly that, and that's another thing for me because i have seen come and go from a national standpoint guys i like listen to i love to hear their opinion mm-hmm. sports talk hosts but then they lose their job because it being in media in general is tough Sports media is getting that way. You got to make a name for yourself fast or you're out the door. ESPN laid off over 100 employees last year. Some great writers, some great on-air personalities. Also, another site that I followed that helped me keep up with SEC football, SEC Country, Mm -hmm. was managed by Cox Media in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Dropped. Gone. There was probably three or four riders on for every SEC team, all fourteen of them on there. It's tough. I mean, oh yeah, you got to. Well, start the thing your is, blog. those companies, those old terrestrial radio companies, are losing money hand over fist. They've got mm-hmm. something that's failing second by second by second. Yeah, I they're, mean, they're trying to gut it to make it more streamlined, but all they're doing is removing all the individuality and like what makes that station special. Like well, you start axing uh, DJs because you're not playing whatever like J Lo hits. I don't know who's hot nowadays. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah, you're not She's rocking. She's always going to be hot. Yeah, you're not rocking Taylor Swift <laughs> stuff. And because T Swizzle's always going to yeah. own 25% of the music industry. Just oh, shake definitely. it off, man. Just yeah. shake it off. <laughs> no kidding. It's crazy. 1989's a huge hit. You know Ryan Adams, the like indie dude, indie songwriter? Yeah. He covered that entire album and it is incredible. Like it is mm. re- remarkable how good that album is. Um no, but what you're talking about, they're losing money hand over fist. It's too expensive to keep up. To yeah. keep up those towers and the power. Either and that or they don't keep up their towers and then all their equipment goes to shit and then they don't have money to replace it. But it's so them. expensive. Like, you have to have a full-time engineer. Yeah. I mean, it's... And then there's this. There's, you know, you and me and Philip over here yeah. just, just plug in you know, plugging in and getting on and, and being good. Clowning whatever you want. And they... And so more people are tuning into podcasts, which costs nothing. I don't yeah. have to listen to a commercial. Sure. If, if I do have a commercial, I'll let you know about it. You could skip over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just got to start placing commercials all over the place. Like, like right you know, now, let's talk about PRJ Company. Patty Rutland Jazz. Check them out. <laughs> they do dancing. Uh, um, so you've heard us talk about their Fright Night. Have you heard about this Fright Night? I think so. Yeah. It sounds familiar. That's their Halloween-themed uh, extravaganza a, they do for like a like, week in October. Yeah, it's like going to a haunted house. Have you ever been to a haunted house? I have before, yes. Okay, so it's like going to a haunted house, except each different room is a different dance number. And they're okay. like creepier and creepier and creepier. Yeah. It's super, super duper fun. Like it's the most creative, like it's big city stuff. It's a progressive it's, show. So like every scene builds on the last one. And so it's all tied in together. Oh, that's excellent. It is yeah. so much fun. And that's happening on October 18th. So get your, that's that week. Actually, they're doing two weekends. Yeah, they're doing the They've 18th, 19th and 20th. And then they're going to do the, I believe the 26th and 27th. Right. I believe. 
Awesome. Pretty sure. Yeah, 26 and 27. See how we did that? We just snuck it in there. I know. That's how you do it. Subliminal advertising. Um, Do you guys have advertising for your show? (laughs) No, I don't have anybody advertising for me. We just do it for the love, man. I mean, for... Obviously, there's not a whole lot of money in podcasts until you get to like that mm. Joe Rogan level. Oh, yeah. Um, but then you're having like four-hour podcasts every day, and then you've got like the best of the best in whatever field, and you're like, all right, come in. We'll talk about whatever. Like He has astrophysicists. Like mm-hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson's on there. He's, his He's got everybody. He's absurd. Yeah, that, and that was an issue I had when I first started podcasting and with the sideline review was going and all that because I was looking, I'm bringing in guests because when I went solo, I said, okay, I don't have a co-host. Right. I mean, I could do a 20-minute podcast. But it's hard myself. to talk to yourself. It is. And I said, I'm bringing guests, bringing writers, former players, mm-hmm. people can give their opinion on the game. I got mine, you know, have that other opinion. They're kind of like, I guess you could say guest co-host in a way. But, you know... I lost train of thought. <laughs> no, you're talking about uh, having Co-host guests. That, that was hard in the beginning. Was it hard to get guests Guests in the beginning? You just bug people on Twitter. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. You just bug them on t- I just bug people on Twitter. And I just I just shoot a guy. I tweet. Say, hey, man, you want to come on my podcast? Follow, give me a follow back yeah. so I can send you that private message. And uh, they would do that. And that grew. But I was looking. I said, I'm having these guests on. But my plays aren't where I want them. And so with the new show, that's another thing I do. I don't look at how many people download it. I probably should. I may occasionally glance at it, but if I look at it too much, I obsess over it. Yeah, right. I worry, I worry about it. I just ask I just, Justin how often I look at the numbers. I don't let her. <laughs> I don't need her walking around like I am on the local podcast, like kicking indoors. Like, you don't know who I am. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know who I am? We only have one listener. That's, that's Jay, the truth. Jay Newsom. Shout out Jay Newsom. <laughs> my dog. That's our audience right there. Yeah, I got y'all on here. I got y'all. Aw, thanks. The, uh, that's the ongoing joke that Jay's actually heard. Eileen Clayton does. Like she listens to all of them. And so we have three core listeners. I listen to them every now and again. Like I listened to the one we did with uh, Leslie on my vacation in New York. Yeah. Because it's hilarious. Uh, was it? Yeah. Like we were talking about that girl that waxed herself to the bottom of the tub. Oh yeah, that was bad. It's a riot. And that was me losing train of thought. Yeah. Happens all the time on football <laughs> report. In concert. the middle of the show. I do, but you know, uh, that's a great thing about podcasting. Yeah. You mess up. See, that's a, well, you can edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but you can. Now, tell me what uh, what kind of guests you've had. Oh, uh, like I brought up SEC Country. And that, them going down was, it bothered me. Because What's I, SEC Country? It was a website dedicated to following SEC sports, the Southeastern Conference okay. Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, Texas AM, Mississippi, Mississippi State, okay. Florida, Georgia, all those teams. Uh, a lot of my initial writers that came on, the first ones that were guests, came from there. Writers, uh, as in keyboard writers, yeah, or uh, like the I was beat thinking, writers. Okay. That they were there in the towns covering the team. Okay. Uh, for example, one was Justin Ferguson that covered Auburn. Uh, another one I had a lot was Alex Mark Smith, who was an overall writer. He didn't cover one team; he covered the entire conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where that started. I started hitting them. People from SEC Country, then GridironNow.com, another site, kind of like SEC Country. I got them uh, local guys. Uh, Lance Griffin here in Dothan, host mm-hmm. of the game plan. He's been on plenty of times. I uh, had Phil Paramore on, you know, multiple people from around here, and just college football riders all around. But then I eventually I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit, and I started doing NFL. Uh, 24-7 Sports was one. There was a website called all22.com. That was owned by the same company on SEC Country. It no longer exists either. They covered the NFL. Uh, Bleach Report. Mm-hmm. You know, sites, you know, heard of. Uh, and now recently I have 
had Hudson Mason. He is a former Georgia quarterback. He now hosts his own show in Atlanta on the Sports X there. So just kind of those kind of people mm-hmm. come on. Like I said, people that cover the game, you know, have their respected opinions come on and give their thoughts on the on the games. It's funny. Like we we will spitball ideas back and forth for like months and be like, we should do this, we should do this, and then like neither one of us write anything down, and then we're just like, what next? And so, like, one of, the, one of the guests we've talked about, like, numerous times, Curtis McGriff used to play for mm-hmm. Alabama, and then he – was he – play for the Giants? Yeah, he played for the Giants. Uh, he was on the, one of the Super Bowl teams. Yeah, he's, he's got rings, and like, or he has a ring, and he is not shy about showing it to you. He lives, like, right down the road from here. And, yes. like, I see that guy all the time, and I'm like, hey, man. Why don't you invite him into the do the show? I have, and then it just turns into, like, oh, man, I got busy, or, like, we Home. can't come up with, like, a date or a day or time combo that works. Humble brag. Yeah. He's a family friend. Yeah. He's a but great dude. He uh, he had a great show on mine, but then we could never get anything to yeah. go. It's, he's a slippery character, man. He's all over the place. I have worn that championship ring. Yeah. he'll Dude, he'll hand it to kids. Like, it's yeah. hilarious. He don't give he ain't caring about that ring at and all. And you cannot tell, you know, you hear all this, you know, the stigma of professional athletes or former professional mm-hmm. athletes. Yeah, like dudes he, headbutting their wives in the face. And like he all is so down to earth. And just, oh, he's a chill dude. Yeah, and just recently on mine this past week, I had a former NFL player, Willie Tellis, who was from Headland. Mm-hmm. He played at Troy State. He was a quarterback, went to the NFL, converted to defense, defensive back and kick returner. His first game in 1981 with the – Drawing a blank again. <laughs> Dude, oh. we, might, we might need to get you a supplement of some kind. You want some Grayton beer? <laughs> With the Houston Oilers. There we go. Steam don't exist anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why. Oilers yeah. haven't been a thing in a hot minute. Uh, he returned a kickoff for a touchdown in his first game. That won the game for him. Uh, that's crazy. He started kick return. Like I said, he played quarterback in college and high school. Mm-hmm. So playing defense was a, a completely different thing for him. And he talked about that this week on the podcast. That he began to start at defense back and play for New Orleans Saints for two years and play for the Colts for two years. Uh, went off and retired. But, uh, you know, just hearing him tell his stories, and once again, just like Curtis, mm-hmm. a down-to-earth guy. Not like you hear, you know, people talk about professional athletes Well, it now. also depends on the era in which mm-hmm. they were, like, if you get, like, some dude like the Boz that's known for just being just snorting coke lines like it's nobody's business. Or, like, even now, like, you get one of these dudes that's, like, been indicted for whatever domestic issues – Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that that wasn't it might have been a thing I think social media kind of perpetuates and like blows everything not necessarily out of proportion but it just makes it makes the world a lot more aware a lot faster mm-hmm. and so like that down to earth lifestyle is because they have not been in that spotlight for a bunch of years and they're like I am now a normal dude but I think most professional athletes now are that way I think there's just a negative opinion of professional athletes there is a small majority like anything sure there's a few bad apples that ruin it for everybody unfortunately and that's with everything i mean you can apply that to anything in life there's always oddity becomes the norm well there's there's always that guy that ruins it for everybody i I am that guy you're not that guy (laughs) i am that dude you're the everybody somewhere else there's that guy probably yeah but yeah like go ahead trying to i can imagine like trying to come up with a your show is what an hour, uh, just depending depends. on the day. Yeah. <laughs> so like, some days I can come in here and like I have to write an article every month for the local, and so like some days I can sit down here and in like twelve seconds be like, all right, this is what I have to say, write it out, and be like, let's do this. 
but doing a podcast by myself for an hour, like I would have to have a guest a lot of times. Like, do you ever phone folks in? Like, just call. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean, I usually I get on Skype and I tell them if you don't have a Skype account, I can call you. Sure. And you know, during football season, it's easier. Yeah. Because they're trying to get during, people in the seats. Yeah, during the season, because there's more to talk about. Yeah. There's games. It's I, a moving, breathing. Otherwise, you're talking about the past creature. or what you think is going to happen in the future. The all season, because I talk college and pro football, isn't as bad as people think. Because people ask me all the time, "How in the world do you talk football year round?" Well, during all season, easy. September or college, you know, August through February. Start yes. training camps through the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, your your podcast must be done now. Once you recap, Super Bowl is over. No, because there's recruiting, the there's National freshmen, Signing Day. Yeah. After that, there's people, the players getting ready for the NFL draft. Then there is the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Then after NFL draft, there's many camps in the NFL. Probably their only downtime is May and June. Yeah. Because when July hits, then college football, they're doing their media days. And the biggest one is SEC media days. That is looked at by college football fans, the unofficial begin of college football season. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get And when is that? It's just like – it's like a scrimmage between – is it just like the older classmen and the younger ones? Talking about the media days? Yeah. Media days is where – usually it's been in Hoover. This year at SEC, they went moved to Atlanta. All 14 coaches go. They spread it over four days. Everybody in the media that covers these teams are there. And they always bring three players with them. Their biggest name players, you know, ones that they want to get attention. Right, so they go around mm-hmm. and do interviews all day. Big yeah. marketing push, basically. Get, there's a TV room. There's a radio room. There's, I think, now a podcast room. I might be wrong. That's crazy. Probably not. I'm sure there is. The uh, That's probably the internet room. That's what it yeah. is. The internet room is where they go. So the coaches are probably dr- going each interview I mean, they're getting asked the same questions. Pretty over much, over again. I would assume so. Like the popular question this year for Nick Saban was, "Who's going to be your starting quarterback?" Tua. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because yeah. I can't do it. Or versus Jalen Hurts. I mean, Nick Saban says to be determined, but he had to a- answer that question probably hundreds of times in his one day oh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Alabama shows up, when Nick Saban shows up, that is a circus. Is that, it crazy town? That is like the big, dude. That's the biggest budget football outfit in the nation. And people complain about how much money he makes, close to $11 million a year. Them rings ain't cheap. People, I mean, not rings. Yeah, but do you know how much money he makes for that school? He probably brings in eleven, uh, over $100 million a year. Yeah, no so doubt. So he's, he's underpaid, yeah. but people see that $11 million and say, oh, he shouldn't be making that kind of money. I'm like, dude, I'm think like, about the kids that go to Alabama just mm-hmm. because he's the coach. Exactly. Like that, all that tuition, you know how much it costs to go to Alabama for a semester? It's like thirty-five grand. Well, I mean, Alabama was cool before, but now it's on the map. I mean, I'll go home to Maine, and people are talking about Alabama. Dude, yeah, I'll be. You know, it's just it's a Canada. brand. Yeah, I'll yeah. be watching. Me and my dad were on the Canadian. You can't border touch last Alabama year. football as far mm-hmm. as like pop, everybody's yeah. talking about Alabama football. Stance Socks just got licensed uh, to do uh, SEC teams, and they're doing Alabama Socks. I saw it on the other day, and that's like a huge brand that's skateboarding based, not like it's not actual sports or. Not team sports based. If you ever hear him talk, you got to literally listen to the words he uses. Most coaches will say, We have the best program. That's what it is. We yeah. are a program. He doesn't say that. We have the best organization. Mm-hmm. He talks like an NFL coach. Well, he was in the yeah. NFL for two years uh, under Bill Belichick, who coaches the Patriots with the Browns. He learned everything from him. And Bill Belichick is looked at as the best NFL coach of all time, perhaps. Now, Nick Saban. To me, Thanks. is the best coach of all time. Thanks, New England Patriots. Yeah. You're welcome. No, man, it's Here's Rob Gronkowski. It's just Rob. 
Let's talk about Bill Belichick for just one second, because I'm from that. Maine. Why does he insist? You're talking about that hoodie, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> Why are you cutting the sleeves off of your sweat? I understand. Dude, you've seen fashion in New England. You don't have to answer. No, ask that question. No, here's my thing. How much money do you think that Bill Belichick has? G- gobs of it. He's like Scrooge McDuck. He's diving in his, like, you know, yeah, vaults he's got of that money. Pool, pool of but coins. he... And okay, fine. We we get that you like your sweatshirts to be just above the elbow. Got it. A hundred percent. She's so mad. Why isn't it at this point the person who made the damn sweatshirt to give to Bill Belichick hasn't pre-cut the fucking sleeves so that it doesn't look like an eight-year-old cut them five minutes before the game? That's like digging up Bear Bryant. And be like, what's the deal with all the houndstooth? Like, no, no. This is ridiculous. This whole thing branding. is. It's his stick. He has a stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Why? But just give him a sweatshirt and sew up the, the sleeves so he doesn't look like such a homeless person. He drives me insane. I, I guess it goes along also with his personality. I mean, he is not friendly to the media. He's a blue collar oh, dude. Not at all. Like that's his like his whole persona is a very blue collar normal dude. Well, he except his, for the lunacy, lunacy has, like he, behind he, the podium. He, he does. There's no play in Bill Belichick. He's 100 percent football. Well, yeah. He was trained by Bill Parcells in the 80s on the New York Giants. You bring up Curtis yeah. McGriff. I mean, Bill Belichick was his right hand man. He was his defensive coordinator. He was also his defensive coordinator in New England Patriots in '96 when he got to the Super Bowl. Got beat by the Green Bay Packers. Bill Belichick actually was hired to be the head coach of the New York Giants, I believe, in 1999. Mm-hmm. But when Bill Parcells stepped down, retired. He actually was the head coach for probably a day, then went to the Patriots. And that's why, if you ever hear NFL people talk, the Patriots-Jets rivalry. Everybody that's hates why. the Patriots. Because the Jets fans look at the Patriots. They've won five Super Bowls. Yeah, those were supposed Bills. to be ours. Yes, they look at it that way. Yeah. Which, you know, don't hurt you got Tom Brady. That's your quarterback. Dude, that's my first draft Yeah, but every I remember year. Tom Brady's first year. It was not good. Oh, he was horrible. He was horrible. And here's something – People forget with him, with Tom Brady. Everybody thinks he is the greatest quarterback. And I think that, too. Five Super Bowls. Sure. A couple plays here and there. Now that Eli's out of the picture, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eli Manning. Peyton couldn't beat him in the big games, but, you know, the little yeah. brother did. But the first couple Super Bowls the Patriots won, Tom Brady was what you call a game manager. His job was to turn around, turn hand the ball to the running back, let the defense win it. It's the second half of his career when he became this – Monster at putting up 300 yard games, three or four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. He hadn't always been that mm-hmm. way, but there's people now. I think they have revisionist history. They think he's always been that. No, and he hasn't. He was terrible when he started. We get used to that ground game for so long. Like you're not looking for that thing flying above your head. You're just looking for the dude coming up the lane. Like you, mm-hmm. you are looking forward or down. You're not looking up. Mm-hmm. And so you probably, I mean, for him, he probably had to like. It's like putting sticks over a hole. You got to get that trap built. And then capitalize on it. You just got to start sending that thing up the field because nobody's going to be looking for it up there. Yeah, and for him, the game changed. It slowly became – I mean, it's always been the last probably 20, 25 years a passing game to quarterback. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL – and it's getting that way in college now. If you don't have a good quarterback, you have no shot at winning a championship. I mean, if you – it's I don't know. Syracuse had a damn good quarterback last year. But, I mean, they I – th- I think they beat Clemson and that was they it. Did. They almost beat LSU. And the only reason I know anything about that is because that's where I'm from. And, like, if there's a Syracuse game on for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, I'll watch these dudes just get beat down real quick. But their quarterback was incredible. What's the name? Uh, Sean White or John? Sean? 
He's, I'm drawing There's a blank like on who the Syracuse quarterback, but I remember that. I can't yeah. Help. yeah, he was. I mean, he's definitely not a household name by any means, especially in this region. But I mean, they were killing it. But their defense was horrendous, and they just yeah. get run over every time. Yeah, and you see, in college football, Nick Saban done this. You could hide your quarterback to it. You know, you had yeah. a game manager, uh, Greg McElroy, when he won his first one. He was not a great quarterback. Yeah. His job was to hand the ball. Like I just said, what Tom Brady did in the first couple Super Bowls, Greg McElroy, who's now an analyst at ESPN, that was his job. Hand the ball off to a great running back, find a great offensive line, have 11 future NFL players on defense. That was it. Now college football, because like I said earlier, with the hurry up offenses, you can't do that. You have to have a quarterback on your side that can win you football games, mm-hmm. and that's very important. And that's where the game has changed to from a – the game used to be played, what they said, in a box, like in a phone booth. Oh, yeah. It's not like that anymore. College football? All of football, really. Uh, there yeah, you were getting calls from the box up there, and like, you you don't you don't remember going like seeing coaches on the sidelines on a phone talking to dudes no, that are I like analyzing that. everything. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you mean? That and it's just it was played behind the line of scrimmage between the two tackles, the, the the offensive line. That's where the game was played in between. Which the offensive line is still important, but the game has become so much of an offensive show now with throwing out two receivers out wide, deep down the field. That's what I mean by it's expanded. And that's why you need a quarterback. Because you used to, you had a great defense. And a damn good running back. I see what you're saying. That's I, all yeah, you needed. This is just yeah. from watching football with my dad, but you're right. This is probably why I hate football, but I should start re-watching it. But it was always like mini play, mini play, mini play, move four yards, mini play, mini play. It's like, you're right, like a box is moving around the field. You know, mm. almost like that old school 70s yeah, football. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you'd see a game 10 to 6. Yeah. I mean, now people expect Now they're, to see... like, launching these torpedo football throws, you know, in the last second of the game. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. You it know? Is. And I would imagine if what if I'm understanding what you're saying, that college football now is becoming more um, the quarterback's the rock star. Yeah, it is. I mean, Basically. you have to have one as a showman. You got Jameis Winston. And even what's-his-face from... Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel. Uh, Johnny Manziel is playing north of the border right now in Canada. Yeah, uh, that yeah. dude was remarkable. Like, he was hilarious to watch. And he was must-watch TV. If Johnny yeah. Manziel was on TV, you had to watch it. Oh, yeah, because there's mean, no telling what he was going to do. Exactly. He was an s- absolute lunatic, but he like he played the game so well, but he just wouldn't, like, I don't know. He, his ego was so ridiculous that nobody was like, I'll take him on my team. Because they eventually, I mean, you, well, that's tell a me lot of people. Johnny Manziel was like an egomaniac. Yeah. And he was like, what he was always talking about getting paid as a college kid, which you can't talk about. Or, yeah, that's maybe, against NCAA. Maybe you can't talk about it, but also you can't get paid as a college player. Well, you're not supposed to. I mean, obviously, there's there's different ways around scholarships, that. Scholarships. There's all kinds of stuff. Cars show up at your parents' house for whatever yeah, reason. They, they, they're getting stuff. Yeah. Oh. I mean, no, what, but you can't have like you can't have like endorsements or anything like that. Like, no, you know, or you're not supposed to. And that's something I've had an issue with with college athletics. Okay, you go into here at Wagers Commons Mall, dude. Mm-hmm. Every college student has a side job. Yeah, supposed to. And if you play in football, you can time and you can make a side job out of just being a good player. Yeah, dude. Get them Reeboks, man. I guarantee you, you walk into Bama Fever Tiger Pride in Dothan. Yeah. They just got a, a spot here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting them mentioned. You see a number two jersey. That's mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Sure. His name's not on the back of that jersey. But they are selling that jersey because it's got number two in Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts. Just like when Cam Newton was at Auburn. You see his jersey number up there? 
His name's not on the back. No. But that's why they're selling it. And I have an issue with that because they expect college athletes to act like the to NFL To forfeit guy. that money. They expect them to act like professionals. Yeah. But they don't get treated like them. Well, the other thing is like... Well, they're making much? a hell of a lot of money off those kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're pocketing I mean, every lot. bit of it. And not, just not even guaranteed that all of those kids are going to make NFL. So no. they've played their guts out for four years. Look at Tim Tebow. And, and mm-hmm. no, and no, right. And like no, he was on the Broncos for like 14 minutes and then. Now he's a minor league baseball player. Yeah. Dude, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I Tebow. mean, I do to a certain extent think that you should get paid. If you're playing to that level in now, a way, I mean, maybe not cash. It doesn't have to be an exorbitant amount of money. Maybe you get stock options. Maybe you get, uh, you know, something. Percentage of the end or whatever. Yeah, something you can't cash out until you're 65 years old. I mean, sure. whatever. But still, you, you are owed a little bit. I mean, dude, when you. Ford's making money off of you. She, uh, you know, every company, oh, every. Yeah. Chick fil A? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, Doritos, Budweiser, oh, yeah. everybody's making money off of those. Yeah, kids. you cannot watch a college Except football those game kids. without seeing a Chick fil A commercial. Dude, them okay. cows is everywhere. Dude, they're at Brave Stadium. Like, they're mm-hmm. all, dude, them cows is everywhere. And there's a, there's a lot of people, I guess I'll say it this way, with an old school way of thinking that you start saying paying players, they're like, oh, you can't do that. That's not right. Well, I mean, back maybe when you were younger watching it, okay, they were true amateur athletes. Sure. They're not that way anymore. It's just, it's, and it's actually. No, because they start training when they're four years old to get there. Like, you, you got, almost have to. We're talking about quarterbacks, Tom Brady. There's quarterback camps all over the country now. It's mm-hmm. called the Elite 11. They go on tours now training quarterbacks to be ready to play. Yeah. I mean, for me, those kids almost don't get a, as high schoolers aren't getting a childhood anymore. No, no. Like every three minutes in the weight room. Every client that I've had this summer has been this summer in particular, just talking to people. I don't know if you've noticed this, but everybody has been super stressed out this summer, uh, busy, and it's been an expensive summer for some reason. But then when you look in the past at summers, kids were legit off all summer. Like there was nothing to do. The school was was shut down. Solid Stranger Things vibe. The whole time. For real. Like, it was like, <laughs> just ride go, your bikes go find something to do. Go hang out at the pool. Be home now, before the streetlights come on. Now football is practicing all summer long. Cross country yeah, is Yeah, two days start, what, july Soccer teams are practicing. Parents are driving kids everywhere. Plus, mm-hmm. if you're on a travel team or if you're, like, I have friends of mine who have a um, son who's a really good baseball player. They say, don't let him get good. That's well, no. And there, she's got, she had to go to California for two weeks for a camp there. A camp in Atlanta. A camp, I mean... And, and that's why I mean, now in sports, too, you see kids uh, growing up that are specializing in one sport. Used yeah. to, you see them playing. Baseball, basketball, whatever was in season, they were just you can't going do after. All, you can't do all three of them anymore. You can't specialize. I mean, you can't get that laser of a focus involved. Like, you, it's just, you've got to make it your life. The, kind of the sad thing to me, though, is that if you're a kid and let's say you're 11 and you just decide, hey, I think I might want to play football, you can no. hang it up. No. No coach is going to let you on the team. No, you'll have to start with a city league, but then you're just going to, like, you. this is how it would play panned out if I were a kid that was going to go play football. I would go to the first practice in, like, August, put on those pads, and take a step outside and be like, nah, not for me. <laughs> not in this crazy climate. Are you mm-hmm. out of your mind? No, but I mean, like, back in the day, you could decide to join a softball team or a baseball team. Oh, yeah. You could, you know, ought, you know, try out. And you'd have and a chance to play, You'd too, have a like. chance to play. Now, if you haven't been playing Little League, travel ball, you know, on and on and on, or the football equivalent to that, 
Yeah. You're like, not gonna get on a team. Our listener Jay Newsom, his son plays baseball for the Hitmen, which is the kids travel team here. And he goes out and does drills with him like every weekend. And he has I think Owen's like ten. And they've been working on this nonsense since he was probably like six or seven, just pl- just throwing the ball and like Obviously, it's not some crazy, like, coach dad, like, hit the damn ball. Like, it's not like that. But, like, he's very much encouraging him to do, as long as he's enjoying it, like, to just to push himself as hard as he can. Because that's how you get better than everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's created equal. But from creation until, like, your death, like, you have many opportunities to outdo everybody else. Yeah, it's not like, okay, for instance, we talked about earlier, Tom Brady's not like he was just – born to be better than yeah. everybody he worked at it mm-hmm. lebron james is the best basketball player in the world because he worked at it sure i mean it's everybody i mean it's that competitive nature those get but they're also they think different yeah. their their mind they work differently than everybody else and that's why they're just better well that's like businessmen being sociopathic mm-hmm. like that's a huge thing like a lot of like i guess we'll call them the one percent i don't know if that's still hot in the streets or whatever but like the the upper echelon of all the billionaires all have like very sociopathic tendencies where they don't give a shit about anybody else's feelings. They don't care about whomever else's well-being. And I think that goes into some of the greatness that you see on the field or on the basketball court or wherever is you just see people like that are so in not introverted, but just so like internally motivated that they just push themselves and they're like, I can do this. Let's do this. Like instead of being like throwing, instead of using that fear to like back yourself down from doing something, they use that fear to like, project them to where they become like the greatest in the world yeah they're afraid of failure yeah like I, that's that's very real for a ton of people and mm-hmm. it's just I mean the, it can be crippling to some like you, you're like I talk to people all the time that are like you kind of just goof off for a living I'm like well not exactly but it looks like that and this is like it's because you get in your head like all right this is uh, what I'm doing and you stay in your lane long enough and you put blinders on for everything else and you just work, 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 work. And then eventually, like, nobody sees all the past work. It's like ice, the whole iceberg thing. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody sees that little peak of success. We're like, oh, man, that's cool. You uh, you don't see all the other work you're yeah. doing. Nobody, you're yeah. up till 3 in the morning working on it's something. It's like doing this. You know, yeah. a lot of people I've talked to, they said, oh, you just get behind the microphone and talk. I'm like, that's the easy part. Yeah, it's coming the, up with the content. Exactly. Me prepping, Getting the guest, prepping. That, yeah. Prepping everything. I probably put, in my show, I probably put two to three hours into prepping for it. I mean, I study. I make sure I have all my stats down because I don't want someone on the internet. Start calling you out. And they will. If there's any group of call-out sons of bitches out there, they on the internet. Well, people love to internet troll, too. Dude, so. ain't nothing like a keyboard bully. Like, I love it. It's hilarious. I don't do that, but I love reading it. Like, I love. One of my yeah, favorite like podcasters. It is uh, Jim Ross. Good oh, that old, dude's hilarious. Good old JR. And he has a perfect term for those people. Yeah. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. And they're just trashing dudes on YouTube that they're never going to see. And like, here's an example for me. Like I told you guys, I talked NFL on there. For some sections of the country, that's a controversial topic. Sure. Because what goes on has been going on yeah. with the anthem. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> me, me and Kaepernick on first name basis for whatever reason. You talked about one person ruining it for everybody. Sure. They're the perfect example. Yeah. Right there, but since I talk about NFL when I post a podcast on Facebook or Twitter, on you've almost got to like preface it, like be warned. On, I do every time I post a NFL centric episode, or my main guest is a NFL writer, whatever. Mm-hmm. I get that boycott the NFL. 
down with the NFL, something of that nature because could you imagine if they just shut the NFL down like how many kids would stop going like trying to be college players like you get rid of the NFL oh, across the board I don't, I don't think so I think college is out doing NFL right now Yeah but they People can't get paid They can't get well, paid Where are they going to where do you go when you're the best at college football when you graduate Exactly to the and NFL and if that goes away No but you're going to have like you going to Bon Jovi's team in Philadelphia or whatever he's got that arena football team Yeah just the NFL, NFL last three years, <laughs> the ratings have I dropped. I go play on Bon Jovi's team. <laughs> I mean, it's not a powder puff team. It's like some legit arena football players out there. It's the like American guys, Gladiators. Yeah, then th- those guys, they make good enough. You know, they make money, but they're making like sixty grand a year. They're out there because they just love playing football. Yeah. But the whole thing, you know, the NFL ratings have dropped 15, 20% in the last two or three years since the protests have happened to Colin Kaepernick. This is the third straight year. This is a storyline going to NFL. So it's not about can the New England Patriots get back to the Super Bowl and, you know. Get, you know no, we're just talking wall. about the, Those black kids going to stand up or what? Yeah, like we're just talking about the. And it's not even like, it's not even limited to any particular race anymore. Like, it, obviously, like Colin being a black dude. Like that was well. I mean, it started with Black Lives Matter. It was to bring light to that, and sure. now it's, it's just not like that. it's not that anymore. No, it's not. No. It's 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 ridiculousness. I See, mean, I think it's just a freedom of speech thing, and I'm like, ah, if you want to sit down, who cares? Just don't like if somebody invades. Just I let totally them hit their house first. 100% disagree with you. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I also don't have any military affiliation or background, like. And I have a ridiculous yeah. amount of it. When you do stuff like that, the only person you're, you're just giving a big F you to the soldier or that lost a limb See, or, you know, a wife that lost a husband yeah. um, for you to be able to be an asshole. So, sure. And and I, I, I'm sorry, but my opinion is, too, you get paid millions of dollars. The least you could do is stand you up for a You have kids minute. watching you. you. This is a great American sport. That's the tricky part. You have people watching you. You owe a debt to society to act right. Sure. So if you have a, an opinion, have your opinion, but have it outside of the stadium and have an interview somewhere and give your opinion to, you know, the end of whatever. But no one sits down in, in the middle of a Broadway play. No actor stops the stops the play down. You know, to give his personal opinion on, you yeah. know, wh- how he feels about whatever political stance he sure. might have. It would ruin the whole play. It would, audience would walk out. I mean, this is the only situation where this is happening that somehow it's allowed. And you're penalizing other players who don't believe it and they're not allowed to speak their mind. They're not even allowed to leave the damn locker room. Oh, yeah. You know, and some of them are ex military. Mm-hmm. So. You know, when you do that, to me, it's it's a complete slap in the face to to those guys that are in the dirt, sleeping in the mud at night. Oh, yeah. They're sleeping in the sand. You know, not cool. See, I don't and, think... And I have no problem with you having an opinion. I have no oh, problem yeah, yeah. with, you know, freedom of speech. I, I, all of it. I um, think it started as the Black Lives Matter thing, and now it's just like we want to be able to... We don't want to have to do everything the way it's always been done. And I think that's the argument now, rather than like, it's like people doing um, like a moment of silence for somebody that's died or whatever. Like you always have some wise guy that's in the background, like 20 seconds into the moment of silence. It's supposed to be 30 seconds or 45 seconds. Usually just disrespectful. Like, Let's hurry it up. And like, I was watching, like, I guess it was the Joe Rogan podcast I was watching the other day and they were talking exactly about that. And they were like, eventually like the way America doesn't care about anything anymore which is not just an NFL or 
whatever. Like the whole nation doesn't give a shit about much except what Trump's doing on Twitter, and like they don't know anything about. Which is the whole downfall of our whole country. Our, yeah. Oh, you know the American flag used to be the greatest thing in the world, and yeah. now we don't even care if we raise it, light it, take it down, step on it, burn yeah. it. Nobody. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point of ridiculous. It, there needs to be some standard and there needs back, to be though? some respect because you have to start making some rules and being like, if you're not going to stand for the, you know, the national whatever anthem, you're, you're not on this effing team anymore. Sorry. But what? it's a private business. That's like the government coming in here and be like, you can't have Philip Jordan or whomever on the podcast. If, if I had somebody that worked for me at the spa disrespecting the spa, yeah. you don't work there anymore. Did you know how much ticket sales have probably gone up just because people want to see what happens? Which is which what? is why Trump is in office. That's why we got that Gawker Society and everybody's big, a giant space circle cadet. that we just made. Go ahead, Philip. Sorry. What is your opinion? Yeah, I'll just I mean, it's your show. <laughs> nah, Charlene over here arm wrestling over like, I ain't standing up for the conversation. Dudes. But uh, I, from what, a lot of people I hear and talk to, and I, I agree, and I'm with you, a lot of people view it. When they go to play, when they put their uniform on, they're at their job. Sure. I can't go at my job before 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to protest. Yeah. I'd be fired. Ex- sure. Yeah. Right. So people view that as, and like you said, it's not people are having anything against these players protesting. It's when they're doing it. There's other places you can do You can this. do it. That's a lot more appropriate. Yes. I mean, and a lot of times... People, but without the same... I mean, it doesn't have the same resonance as if you do it in the middle of a game when you're supposed to be doing... When you're supposed to stand. Like... Yeah, yeah I mean, why... If you, it's so important to you, stop down in the middle of the game. Put a knee down then. Stop stop the game. Disrupt play. Maybe I, lose for your team. I'm just... Why are you picking this time? And I'll tell you something that really just made me shake my head. There was a group of players, because back to Colin Kaepernick, because he's not on mm-hmm. the roster, which I'll say this kind of as a side note. He's not on a roster just because he protested. He's not that good of a quarterback. Sure. There are other players that have taken a knee before the national anthem. They're on rosters. Mm-hmm. He's not on a roster because he's not good enough. He wants to be a yeah, starting quarterback. He didn't get fired. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get fired for that. Yeah, that's not the only reason. Because trust me, if he was good enough to get somebody to a Super Bowl, a owner would sign him. Oh, sure. I mean, there's guys that have done worse than taking a knee that are still on NFL rosters. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't even gotten Dude, into beating, beating that your girl wife. up in the, in the uh, elevator. Mean, Come drugs. On. We haven't even gotten to murder. Brutal. <laughs> I mean, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And then there's another part is, too, you know, talking about people. When people turn in on a football game, our sporting event. A lot of people, I think most people, want an escape from the real world. Sure. They do not want politics mixed with sports. Yeah. I don't want politics mixed with my entertainment. Exactly. Period. Or I anyway. say that. Yeah. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I will say the same as if you want an I'm Oscar. I'm less of a pol- politics fan than I am a sports fan. Well, no, but <laughs> if you are winning an Oscar award for a movie, sure. I'm there to support you because I really loved your acting in the movie. Yeah. Please don't take your award and start giving me a lesson on how I should believe politically. I hate that. So then now everybody that gets an award at the Oscars, the, you know, um, the Emmys, what, we have to listen to their... 10 minute banter about their personal opinion. I don't I don't like you for your political opinion. I mm. like you cuz you're a great actor sure. or you're a great musician or you're a great, you know, football player or hockey player. I like that part about you. Yeah. I don't really care what your personal opinion is. So sure. go voice it somewhere else. Yeah, start a blog. I have no problem with it. I just like, don't want to listen to it when I'm trying to be entertained. And most people I think and I'm like this. 
I don't mind you have a political opinion. If you want to throw your political opinion on your Twitter account, your Facebook page, your Instagram, whatever. How yeah, about it? It's not affecting me at all. But during those three hours, you you know. Yeah, can we play an American game? Yeah. Can we have fun? Yeah. Can I like. Because now when you watch an NFL game, because college, this is not an issue for this reason. The players are in the locker room when the national anthem is being oh, yeah. played. They don't come out until after. The NFL used to do that before they signed a contract 2009 with the military. That's why the players are out there anyways during the national anthem. Before that, they was in the locker room. I mean, that was. I mean, is that too. something that we need to go back to? I mean, obviously. I think that's it, not a fix, though. I mean, no, it doesn't change any disrespect. If, if you go back to it, then the NFL will get criticized for trying oh, to yeah. avoid a problem. The NFL really is in a bad spot here. They can't win, and everybody, you know, everybody wants to take down the big dog. The NFL is the most powerful entity in sports in this country. Oh, sure. And they, people want to see it taken down. And I don't want to see it taken down. I mean, it's part of our whole – that's part of being in the United States of America. Yeah. I mean, it's football. It's what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's a national pastime, just like baseball. Sure. I, don't, I have no desire for the NFL to be taken down. But come on, c- control your players. Like, make some rules. Put some fines out. I mean and, – and, and what got really got me last year, I forget the player's name. He plays for Tennessee Titans. He said, if you don't like us protesting – don't, don't come, come to, to the, the games. games. I'm like, dude, do you know who pays your salary? No, yeah. he doesn't. He's completely lost touch yeah. of reality. They don't understand that their salaries are coming from the fans. Yeah. And, you know. You can't just actively be like, hey, I appreciate all the money, but go screw yourself. Like, don't. I think you I don't saw need to have that mentality going into it. He would have been, if I was, is he still on the roster? That I guy? Think, I think he is. Oh, I would kick him to the curb the fastest. Like, you just disrespected all of our fans. A lot of those contracts, though, like, if you look at the fine print, it kind of absolves them from a lot of responsibility when it comes to how they act. Like, if it doesn't happen on that field, they're not punishable. Like, it's not punishable by whatever. But since this is actually on the field, Mm -hmm. like, you should, there should be some sort of, like, I don't know, some sort of slap, not even slap on the wrist. Yeah, you can't play in that game. Yeah. Or you can't play in the next two games. Well, back in May, the NFL made a decision, and the way they went about it was completely wrong because you have. They're a super- really good at making bad decisions. The well, NFL is like a pro. You got to like think, man. Like screwing stuff up. It's like trying to train gorillas to just do what you want. Like these yeah. dudes are monsters, and they're they've gotten to where they are because yeah, but you're gonna hit stature. them where it counts. It's a paycheck. They're making millions of dollars. Dude, you can take take a whole season worth of money away, and it won't matter to them. Mm, I don't know about that. But go ahead. What well, all the do? big name dudes, like yeah, okay, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, yeah. You hit them with one game check, but it's not a big dent yeah. for them. But the NFL came out and said we're going to put a new policy. The owners did it at a owners only meet, meeting, basically, mm-hmm. and they said you will come if you come out for the national anthem when it's being played. You must stand. Didn't say hand over heart, but you must stand. But if you do not want to come out, you can stay in the locker room. Until after it is played, then yeah. you would come out. Which, if you did that, then all the t- TV camera people, which that's a point I want to get to, too, is the television side of this, they would look, okay, who's not down there? Yeah, and they just have a list at the end of the game, like, this is who didn't stand. Now, I was actually, I was in favor of that. Okay, it's not completely forcing them to stand, but you you're put a policy in place. The NFL kind of has been hem-hawing at that the last couple of years. The mistake they made, though, there is a collective bargaining agreement. They are in partnership with the players. They did not consult the Players Association with that. So that's now why they are now going back and forth. There's no policy technically in place for the National Anthem 
now. So that's why if you see players protesting, there's no punishment. Because there would have been a punishment there if you came out. If all sides were in agreement. Yes. If you had come out, if they stayed with that policy, the player association didn't, you know, have a gripe about it. If you were to come out, the people who did come out to stand, if they did protest then, there's a punishment, there was a fine. And then if I think if you did it again, it'd be a suspension. I'm not completely sure if that would have been happening. But there was punishments if you did not stand the way they wanted you to. But now there's no policy because the Players Association are in talks right now, so we'll see what happens for the regular season. But here's my thing about it. Wouldn't you say CBS, ESPN, NBC, Fox, they're partners, right, with sure. the NFL. They televised the product. Why are you, one, going on your highly overrated, not entertaining debate shows sure. and during your broadcast? Why are you showing something, talking about something, that hurts the NFL. You are a partner. So, because they're in the eyeballs business. In the t- in the revenue of the NFL, I think I saw somewhere they lost six potential $600 million last season. Now, they're still raking in money. I mean, don't think the NFL. I was going to say, what's the percentage on that versus their gross yeah, capital? I mean, but the still, year? if you're a businessman, that's still a lot of money. Sure. You saw that. So, I'm like, why isn't the NFL telling their broadcast partners, listen, you need to stop showing this. Because yeah, the think, more you talk about it, I the more power about it has. That. that was actually brilliant. So keep the you know keep the camera on the military guys. Keep the camera on the person singing the national anthem. Keep your camera on the audience. Yeah, like, don't give them any TV time. Why are you filming it? If, if you're not, if they're not being seen, do it. They won't do it. Then exactly. the effect, the the desired effect, is not there. And, and I heard I've heard players say this, and I'm actually not against what they're saying here. If they're asked to stand, shut down the concessions during the national anthem. Sure. Shut down the TV cameras. Absolutely. Have everybody in the stadium do what they're supposed to. Because, you know, I, I do want the players to stand. I think they should. But I also think if you're also going to run concessions, you're not holding your everybody else to that same standard. It's kind of hypocritical. In the, uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that leadership's got to start mean, at the top right. and trickle down to every it? asset. Like, no more than four-minute song. I mean, yeah. just and don't then, serve a beer right now. Like, and, have everybody look at the flag. And then you had to make issues last year. I don't disagree with year. that. With Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, yeah. the most powerful owner in the National Football League, is Jerry Jones. Sat in his seat, by the way, at wow. the uh, Cowboys Stadium. It was better than his lap. Well, with these allegations going on nowadays. <laughs> 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 well, he was a uh, part of the group that approved Roger Goodell, the Commissioner of NFL, getting a new contract. Well, after what was going on last year, he looked at it that the NFL was, you know, losing money. So he was one with the big push against Roger Dale getting extension. But there's now – there is a group of owners, it seems like, from everything I see and read that are, you know, the player we might – we need to make them stand versus the other ones who are trying to be more of the player's owners. They may not agree – really believe, you know, that they're on the player's side, I guess is the way I should say that. But they're siding on that. So there, I think there's division in, within the NFL, too, with the owners as well mm-hmm. on what to do. And that's an, I think that's an issue as well. But I think it all starts to talk with the commissioner, Roger Goodell. I mean, the NFL, when he became commissioner, was at its height. It was more popular than it ever had been. Now, you were going to drop. I mean, you can't stay at that high mountain forever. Yeah. But – this but you is, don't have to make such a swift dissension. Yes, that's the as big, it has been, and that's the big thing. And stadiums are emptier. I mean, if you go, NFL TV ratings are better than college football. 
Sure. They just are. Really? But the attendance at games is different. The game day experience at a college football game is completely different than an NFL game. If you've gone to one NFL game, you've been to all of them. They're all pretty much the same procedure. There's not much of a experience around it. A college mm-hmm. football game, you go to Alabama, you go to Tuscaloosa, you go to Auburn, up to Clemson, Tallahassee, you know, on and on and on. It's a block party. They're, and it's an, a unique experience at each stadium. So that's like the big difference with the fan experience. Is you know, which fantasy football helps the NFL a lot. And another thing I think that could help the ratings this season is legalized betting now. Sports yeah. betting is legal now. Yeah, you can uh, – was it um, FanDuel? You can now bet your friends within the app, like real money, who you think is going to do better and whatever. And you can straight up just gamble with your homies now. It's remarkable. Really? Yeah. Huh. Thanks, internets. <laughs> it was going to happen anyway, but, I mean, now it's just not so there's, frowned there's upon So there's not really husbands anymore calling their bookie, putting money down? No, that's like for real. Now? That's for real life bets. But like for Fanduel, <laughs> you ain't putting like Fanduel is very trackable. Like if you're calling a bookie, you don't want that cash tracked. Like for your personal accounting and tax purposes. Right. Like if you got it like that, where you've got a bookie on deck, there's a whole lot of liquid assets in your life, and a whole lot of liquid assets that you're not reporting to the IRS. <laughs> well, what my dad did was his business. Oh man. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. Like, I the bookie it. called the house well, all the, the time. I mean, up there, like, in it's up weird. North up North is gnarly. It's not like, you know. It's, it's not like it's, it is it's here. All, no, it's no, all not at all. NFL. Yeah, because you have, there's no, I mean, the reason college football is so big in the South is because there's the Falcons and the Saints. 28 to 3. Yeah, that's it. The blown lead. I mean, the Saints for the longest were called the New Orleans Aints. Yeah, who that? <laughs> Fans were wearing bags on their heads. I mean, yeah. they were horrible. The Falcons, sure. before this past year, had never made the playoffs two consecutive years. Uh, the Tennessee Titans used to be the Houston Oilers, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Miami Dolphins have been a successful franchise, but that was because they had Dan Marina for so Laces long. Laces out, Dan. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars had generally not been good. No. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when their franchise started in the early 80s, lost their first 26 games as a franchise. <laughs> they have won one Super Bowl, but last couple years not as good. Jameis Winston's quarterback. Yeah. So, a lot of that in the South. Carolina is kind of uh, pre-Cam Newton wasn't great. No. They had one Super Bowl year. They made a run got beat by the Patriots. So, the South is kind of – when it comes to NFL teams, they haven't been that lucky. Yeah, we're not awesome. Yeah. We're being good, you know, running franchises. That's getting better. New Orleans Saints is one of the best run franchises in NFL. They have one of the best quarterback-coach combinations in Drew Brees yeah. and Sean Payton. Atlanta's good now with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Julio, Julio? Jones. They made the Super Bowl two years ago. They blew up 28-3 lead to the Patriots. Like I said, they made it to the playoffs again last year. Jacksonville was up 10 points on New England Patriots. A game away from the Super Bowl, Tom Brady made the comeback. Miami is – they haven't been a final quarterback since Dan Marino retired. I mean, that's been a 20-year yeah. issue for them. You think, uh, the, you think the Chiefs are going to be good this year? Kansas City. You think Kareem Hunt's going to stick around and do it again? That's interesting because they're bringing in the quarterback with Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They traded away Alex Smith. Who Charlene was a, just glazed right over, too. She's like, what? No, why I'm would, trying. I just don't why know. Why would you ask that, Justin? Why do we go to Kansas City? Dude, because Kareem Hunt is a beast. I know. He, he, is, he, he is a fantasy football. I drafted that dude last year. Yeah, he's really good. But they had did bring in – they drafted a quarterback in 2017 draft, Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. From Texas Tech. You're right. My eyes just glossed. Yeah, just, <laughs> she's asleep at the wheel. <laughs> so, you traded a quarterback, Alex Smith, who, okay, he's not the most physically gifted quarterback, but he threw for 4,000 yards last season. I think he threw 26 touchdowns to five interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's, 
I think it was third year in a row he's done for over 4,000. So, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's not what you would call an elite quarterback. He's not in that group. And I've been hitting his microphone Sorry. all night long. That's what it's there for. <laughs> Punch it in the face. But, uh, but yeah, they trade him away to Washington. So, now Pat Mahomes has been given the keys to the offense. So, I bet that dude got clowned so much as a kid for that name. Pat what? Mahomes? Yeah. But anyway. he has a cannon of an arm. Sure. The talent's there. He he's got to refine it a little bit. Yes, and under Andy Reid, he's a good coach. He's been in the league a long time, close to 20 years as a coach, combined his time with Philadelphia now with uh, Kansas City. <laughs> she's checking City. the clock. She's like, get me Well, no, out of the this only nightmare. reason I'm checking the clock is because this is like one of the best shows we've ever done. It's 8-14 currently. It, yeah, I know. And it's going like way over time. I'm good with whatever. Well, here's my thing. If you want to listen to this awesome sort of football reporting, and I think you're brilliant, like you obviously know your stuff, um, you need to tune in to the football report. With He's Bill got Jordan. like flashcards and the cup holder from the drive over. All right. <laughs> just in case. Well, the thing is, we could have really covered. gone anywhere at yeah. all. That's especially, how well dude, you especially with I us. I thought you was like, about to start throwing some NFL teams at me. I was about to knock them out. No, man. I don't know. Like, Charlene's going to blow her <laughs> brains out. I just saved your ass. That's what I just did. <laughs> I'm good. I, dude, I can, I've, got, I've got a fantasy football league that I'm in. The, the buy-in's 500 bucks for the season. I'm, I need There's all the. There's no way I would ever spend that much money on a football game. It's not. Ever. You're not spending money until you oh, it's lose. Gone. <laughs> That's an investment until it's you don't gone. win. You see, and, and that is something I don't. I guess get to do much because I have to know my audience. Even though yeah, I'm a podcast, anybody can listen sure. to it. My target audience is still in the South. Yeah. So I. I mean, I love all football. So, right. but college football, I do make sure to make that be the emphasis. Oh yeah, yeah. But when I get a chance to talk NFL, because I am actually I prefer pro football over college. Yeah. And I know anybody in the Dothan area here, and that just probably just threw their phone. I wish there was a referee strike going on yeah. right now. We could talk about that. Those are always exciting. Don't don't bring that up because that. that I'm still pissed about that. That. That messed okay. me up. So I, listen to the football report with Philip Jordan. Where can they catch your podcast at? Uh, it's all over the place on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, and YouTube. You can uh, check it. I am on iTunes. I just said that. I am on Twitter with it at FB Report Podcast. I am on Twitter at the Phil Jordan. Same as on Facebook on my personal page. And you can look up the Facebook page for it, the football report as well. Awesome. So uh, you film your podcast as well? I don't just because of the guest side of it. Is why you got it on YouTube if you're not filming it? It's just the audio. Really? How does yeah. that? That's dope. You didn't get on it. Yeah, it which, uh, Spreaker has a way when you post it on there, you can shoot it to, to your everywhere YouTube, to yeah. your YouTube account. So it does that for me. Oh, and of course, uh, let me plug too. Uh, check my future Auburn articles over at Last Word on College Football as well. Awesome. Thank you, Philip Jordan. Gotta have a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. Other we need to do my... this again. We need to do it during football season. I mean, we can do it like we once a month. We need to do it like month, before maybe. the championship or during the championship playoff game. You drink whiskey at all? I'm not much of a drinker. Perfect. You can come to our Thanksgiving <laughs> show where all we do is drink whiskey and uh, loop and like room temperature uh, hey. canned gravy. Yeah. It's disgusting. Any, anytime you guys want to talk football, just hit me up. I'll be right here. I'm at, always game. I mean, just, you know. Bear with the, you know, sometimes mental lapses as I had tonight. No, you are phenomenal. Like, I've really enjoyed it. And I totally don't typically like talking about football at all. That's good. Yeah. I like She's just trying to talk controversy. I like Philip, She's trying to start fights on controversy. No, I'm not. Now, if there's ever, ever a chance to not stand up during the national anthem if Charlene's around. Oh, don't even. Goodbye. I'm just going to lay on the floor. Good night, Justin. Good night. Bye, Bye. 
If you're interested in having your story featured on the local podcast, hit us up at wiregrasslocal at gmail.com or give us a shout on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the local podcast. <laughs>